The following is a 5 for 2 production. of Ticket Stones. How you doing, Todd? I'm good, buddy. How, how are you doing? I'm doing good, buddy. I'm doing Anything good. Anything new and exciting? Uh, oh, no. I got a little more jewelry these days. Uh, Wait, would you go to the pawn shop pick that up? <laughs> no, as we talked about uh, on last uh, week's episode, when you wished, when you wished us well, uh, and showed a card that still hasn't shown up in the mail. mail. So anyway, but we recorded that a few weeks ago. And yes, I am a a, a married man. Uh, Heather, who uh, everybody knows from our uh, Pearl Jam uh, story. uh, God bless her. uh, We finally made it official, so. Anyway, it was it was well, wonderful. I, I, it was I'm a wonderful weekend, story, buddy. So it's I, I, I wanted to start this show off with a uh, with a little bit of a celebration because you know the, the show is a bit of a you know it's kind of a downer. A <laughs> little bit. We're gonna make it. We're gonna make it fun though. But uh, cheers! Thank you very much. So, yeah. So congratulations, to my buddy uh, Heather and Kevin Montavon, who That's are right. now in pros. I told her now it's her job to correct people on the pronunciation. No, no more living in sin for these two. That's right. <laughs> she's she's excited to uh, correct people on the on the pronunciation of the name. But all right, now we we of course already covered all the other V's. Yeah, we did that last week. One week. reason, one reason only tonight. <laughs> That's right. Now I am actually going to do a little uh, a story about one other thing here before we get going. Um, since we are talking about Eddie Van Halen, who we lost on October 6th of this year, of 2020, um, we also lost um, a great songwriter this week. Um, well, we lost two great songwriters this week, Jerry Jeff Walker and uh, Billy Joe Shaver, which I'm yeah. actually wearing this shirt right here. And in the tradition of me telling a uh, Charlie Daniels uh, story after the C and the D episode, I'm going to tell a, a quick uh, Billy Joe Shaver story here. Um, I got to see Bill. For people who don't know, Billy Joe Shaver, um, he wrote a lot of a lot of your favorite country songs, your favorite old classic country songs, Black Rose, you know, The Devil Made Me Do It the First Time, Second Time I Did It On My Own, uh, Old Five of Dimers, George on a Fast Train, uh, Old Chunk of Coal, uh, and and I know you love this one, Todd. If you don't love Jesus Christ, you can go to hell. <laughs> but anyway. So Billy, uh, Billy uh, toured a lot in his uh, later years, uh, probably paying off some divorces or something. Uh, um, but uh, off the man. But I got to meet him twice. Uh, at the first time, uh, uh, I did get my picture taken with the man. I'll put that up on the screen here for people to see. But uh, the second time, I actually worked his merch booth. It was the day of the show. And I answered a Facebook ad. This Facebook ad comes up. Does anybody want to work merch for, you know, Billy Joe Shaver tonight? It was like on his Facebook management or something. So I, you know, you know, hit the links, hit the message or whatever. And they said, all right, you know, come over, be there at seven, you know, or whatever. 
So I show up and there's this other guy, Chad, he showed up too. So we're the two guys that are going to run the merch booth, you know? So some of his band members bring in some boxes of t-shirts and they're like, go ahead and start laying these out, you know, and, and get, get yourself organized. Then his bass player comes in, Todd, and he hands me a cash box full of money. I mean, there were hundreds, if not like a thousand dollars in this box. I could have turned and walked right out of the club right then. <laughs> and speaking of disappearing, before Billy ever even played, Chad excused himself to go to the bathroom and never came back. Now, he, he didn't steal the cash box, but poor Kev was left on his own to sell merch. He wanted to get into the show. But see, that's something I do. That'd be something I do. I, yeah, 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 I'm going to work the merch booth. I'll be right back. Oh, what, I got to actually work? <laughs> I thought I was just going to drink beer with the band and right. throw some T-shirts yeah. at people. But anyway, Where's so I made the it. weed and the, the hookers? So I made it through the night, you know, selling T-shirts and, and all kinds of Billy Joe Saver, uh, you know, goodies to all these rednecks all night long. And the end of the night comes, the last customer's left. And, I mean, this cash box is just stuffed now, you know. So I go to try to give it back to the bass player. And he's like, oh, no, no. You have to give that back to Billy himself. So he escorts me to the dressing room. And Billy's kind of sitting in there holding court, you know. And I walk up, you know, great show, Mr. Shaver. Here's your, here's your merch money. Looks up at me kind of serious. like, so, uh help yourself to a t-shirt i'm like uh, no, no sir and he's like <laughs> he looks at the baby like you believe this guy he didn't take nothing for himself they start laughing and busting my balls todd for not stealing from them <laughs> so i i assume with this method of merch sales where they just show up to a town and have a volunteer and hand him money they probably they, get they ripped off a certain percentage is gonna go missing <laughs> at the end of the night yeah so so billy walks me out to the uh, merch booth and says, you know, pick out one of whatever you want. So I didn't go hog, go hog wild. I did get this killer, uh, Billy Joe uh, Shaver shirt, live forever. Alas, he did not live forever. And I got his book, Honky Tonk Heroes. That's nice. Did you get a sign? Yep, autograph. Bless you, Billy Joe. There you go. God bless Billy Joe Shaver. Uh, that's my story. Hopefully he is up there uh, maybe teaching Eddie Van Halen some country licks. Well, and you know, as I was doing uh, my research for my Van Halen story, which, by the way, is now finished, uh, for those wondering how the progress on Ticket Stub, the book, is going. You're up to big. Folks, I'm almost, I'm almost done. You're I caught up almost... to the, you're, you're caught up here to our episode. You're actually yeah, yeah I, gotta, I gotta finish the W stories uh, before we, we get to the next week episode, but uh, I think that's possible this weekend. Great. And, uh so yeah, I'm I'm hoping that uh, all right. So by by the time we get to the Z episode, I should have a pretty good idea of where I stand on this book. <laughs> and now Kevin and I will take a little hiatus since we are kind of a few weeks ahead of time here on the schedule. Uh, and then for New Year's Eve, we are going to have an updated, brand new episode. So hopefully by then, you can find out exactly where the progress of the book is. And when you can buy one and I can start making some money and never have to go back to my restaurant job ever again. Uh, right on, right on. Yeah, uh, once we get all this wrapped up, Todd, I, I got big plans for this whole podcast thing. We're going to chop up all the long episodes into the individual band stories, put out all kinds of what they call micro All I know is content. I'm taking six months off and I'm working on new episodes of What the Hell Was That, Kevin? So uh, we're just going to run reruns from January through June of 2021. Right you know it, you know it. But, all right, well, let's get to our main event tonight. Uh, I wanted to have a special episode dedicated to this one band. 
because, you know, we started off this whole thing with A, and we just specifically dealt with ACDC. Then we kind of got into a few bands, and then we, uh, somewhere around episode F, we just started throwing the kitchen sink, you know, at everything. So there are some bands we didn't cover in the early, you know, earlier episodes, but I I thought Van Halen, since we did lose Eddie here, uh, would deserve their own, they deserve their own episode, so. And oddly enough, like I said, as I was doing research for this book, the original, all right, Kevin, here's a trivia question. Who was the original bass player for Van Halen? Guy named, um, well, I, uh, see, he passed away recently. I know that. I don't think it was Matt Stone. I think that was. Stone. Yeah. Well, okay, it was. Yeah, 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 I got it right. Right on. Cool, yeah. cool. So, yeah, so he actually passed away, I think, a couple weeks right before Eddie. So, yeah, yeah the original bass player that uh, before uh, Michael Anthony oh, Michael Yep, yep, also uh, passed away. Right on. Again, so, I, you know, this, this is stuff that I never knew about Van Halen uh, while doing the research for the book that I found interesting. Uh, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, while, while Eddie and Alex were forming a band in, in L.A., Randy Rhodes was forming his band with Quiet Riot yep. pretty much the exact same time. Yeah, Randy, there were – oh, it's, I'm sorry, I didn't mean – yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah, there were three big guitar heroes. I read a great book, and I, I recommend this book. It's called Van Halen Rising, and it is specifically about their club days leading up to – the book ends on the first tour, on the you know tour for the first album. So you get a lot of the early info about like the parties, and, and uh, there were three contemporary guitar players, the little hotshot guitar players in L.A. at the time, and it was Randy Rose, as you mentioned, Eddie – and George Lynch. And here's a little factoid for you, Todd, a little trivia. The night that Gene Simmons discovered Van Halen, he was actually going to see George Lynch's band at the time, not, you know, pre-Dockin. So uh, Van Halen had to play first, and Gene was like, oh, shit, I'm going to go talk to these guys. And so he was in a dressing room while George Lynch's band was playing. Now, I have a... I, I won't say a different... Well, it is a different story. I heard that Rodney Bingenheimer took Gene to Gazzari's to see Van Halen. I don't know anything about this whole George Lynch thing. Yeah, well, but, um, the, the, something, you know, somewhere in that story, you know, Gene was actually... Maybe Rodney Bingenheimer actually took him to see George Lynch's band. The story has gotten changed around through the years. I never know. know. We'll have to, you know, we should call Rodney. He's still alive, right? Let's, dude. I'd, I'd be willing to bet we could get Rodney Bingheimer uh, as a guest on the show. Uh, if I can pronounce his name properly, maybe we could. <laughs> Mr. But, Bing, uh, Bingenheimer. 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 <laughs> but uh, you know, hey, maybe maybe, we'll, maybe we're all at it. We can get Pamela to bar. Now that'd be a great show. That would do. Great... You would do an extra episode uh, if you could get Pamela to bar on. No, sure. I'd I, I do anything for Carolyn DeBar. <laughs> Literally. All right, so back, back to Eddie. Back to Eddie. Right, so, uh, so, Todd, going back to, like, our first episode, when did you discover Van Halen? When did they come on your radar? Yeah, it had to be in high school, and MTV era. Uh, I mean, I was I was trying to think about this tonight. Like, what you know, what were the things that – because, I mean, you know, I, I, I never got a scene with Roth. Um, you know, I did. That, we'll that may have been an age thing uh, mm-hmm. where I wasn't old enough to go see him at the time. Um, but I, you know, I, I definitely remember like things like seeing the movie Better Off Dead with John Cusack and the hamburger scene with everybody wants some. Now that's, that's, you know, that, that's Mm -hmm. a Van Halen moment right there. Uh, Um, I was listening. 
in the 80s. Uh, I, was, I was listening to one of our competitors' podcasts, and actually they probably got a lot. He does have millions of more listeners than us, but Chris Jericho was doing a Van Halen tribute, and they were talking about that. Van Halen moved from just being a band into the pop culture. When they started, you know, being referenced in movies like Better Off Dead, and when Spicoli hired Last time them. Last Ridgemont High. Yeah, exactly. That- so by, at that point, they were – you know, they were basically like an ad, uh, an adjective or a verb to describe the 80s. You know, that was your go-to well, to describe rock and roll at yes, the time. Exactly. Your, just exactly. your generic rock and roll band. Throw out Van Halen. Right on, know? right on. Now, I discovered Van Halen uh, from the same guy who turned me on to Rush, a guy named Chuck Murray. And uh, it was uh, – we used to make fun of him for liking Van Halen. We, we were like – Van Haven, Van Haven, and he'd be all pissed off. He'd be like, it's Van Halen, and he's the greatest fucking guitar player in the world. So finally, I, you know, I let Chuck play me some Van Halen. Freaking loved it. But the first Van Halen purchase I bought was at a local flea market in Wheelersburg, and this guy went there every Saturday, and he sold bootleg cassettes. Do you remember bootleg cassettes by chance? Uh, and it would have the cover of the cassette you were, you know, that you thought you were buying. Maybe a little bit of a lower quality on the uh, printing. But when you'd open it up, you'd have like a little, like a blank, you know, clear or a blank cassette. And it would be stamped C-label for sequence. Now, if the cassette that uh, was bootleg did not have the song titles on, like, the little back side of the cassette, you were fucked. You know, you right. had to kind of figure it out yourself. But... I bought Van just, Halen. just make up the names yourself. Right. I bought this album, Van Halen Diver Down, on bootleg cassette. I eventually got it on vinyl here. Uh, Chuck Murray, uh, I think, uh, traded me uh, for uh, some album once for Van Halen. This isn't that copy, but uh, that's a whole other matter. I remember getting a, a copy of the album, whatever I traded him for, back. And he was like, literally, like, I mean, just fingerprints all over the thing. I, I think I remember when I took the out. We used to trade albums. I remember one time I, I stopped this. I stopped doing this with him after I went to his house one time. And he was like eating Kentucky Fried Chicken or something. Like, yeah, here, thanks for giving me. Uh, you know, here, thanks for putting me that album there. Like, but anyway, my first, outside. <laughs> my first two Van Halen albums, Todd, and these are actually them. They were one of my, remember, six albums for a penny from the RCA Music Club. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Two of my six were, oddly enough, uh, two of my six were ACDC, for those about to rock, and uh, Back Back in Black. Black. But also, these two right here. There you go. Fair warning. I don't, even, I don't even have any Van Halen vinyl anymore, unfortunately. I, I, that was all sold for beer money years ago. <laughs> now, Women and Children First, of course. Uh, we talked about, like, the goodies that came in albums, like with Kiss. Right. Women, Women and Children First had this. Um, and I, I'm sure that uh, some of my friends may have questioned my sexuality for having this hanging on my uh, wall in, in high school. Look how ripped this poster is when I unfold it. Can you see that? David Lee Roth chained to a fence. <laughs> Dude, I never had that poster. Yeah, yeah. This actually, this, man, look how battered this is. But it actually hung on my wall all through all through high school. Uh, but uh, the first album I bought it brand bag. <laughs> the first album I bought brand new on release day was probably a lot of guys. You maybe yours too. Uh, was 1984. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was probably what did it. Yeah, by that time, you know, they were MTV darlings, and I still remember the New Year's Eve. Panama, 
I remember the New Year's Eve 1984 premiere at midnight of Jump on MTV. It was a big deal. And the fact that they had filmed the video themselves for like $500 or something like that, you know. But James spinning his thing around. So, Todd, uh, two, uh, the, the album came out, was released, I think, January, was released that week. First week of, uh, I'd have to look up the actual release date. It was released fairly early in the year. And one of the first stops on the 1984 tour was Charleston, West Virginia. You got it, buddy. <laughs> February 5th, 1984. Look at that right there. Now, Todd, back then. I know then, my buddy Kevin well. I know my buddy Kevin. Now, back then, this was my first. We've told so many stories about Charleston, West Virginia. But this is where it all started. This is where it all started for me, period. If I had – if. You know, if you've talked about the shows that don't count, we've talked about some of my shows that don't count, the shows I went to with my dad when I was a kid. This is where I start counting rock concerts, because this is the first concert I bought a ticket for. You know, right. I remember I remember getting my four friends' money, Dave and Joe Blankenship, Yancey Kayser. We've talked about Dave and Yancey on, on this show many times. And I got their money. I wrote the letter to Charleston box office and sent away the check, you know, the money order. You know, went to the post office, bought a money order. You know, got the tickets. The Blankenship's uh, parents, they drove us. So my dad led up on his can't go to a concert until you're 16 and can drive yourself rule, uh, which we've talked about. He didn't even. Hey, someone else is driving, Dad. Come on now. <laughs> he, he liked the fact, he liked the Blankenships. He trusted them. He thought, you know, they were responsible parents. So he, he allowed us to go. Now, the Blankenships just dropped us off at the show and went about their evening. So, you know, we were four 15-year-olds. We were in the parking lot. We were three 15-year-olds and a 14-year-old just let loose in Charleston, West Virginia. Well, Todd, the first thing we noticed as we were walking up to the show was at the hotel across the, the – Charleston Civic Center sat there, and then there was like a mall, a convention center type place, and a hotel all in one little complex. Well – Back then, the artists would actually stay at the hotel next to the venue. Go, you know, go figure. What a crazy idea. Well, we saw a crowd gathered at the hotel across the street, and we saw two limousines parked in front. We're like, it's got to be the band. Get ready to come over to the show. So we go across the street, and, you know, we stand. We kind of push our way to, like, the front edge of the crowd. And sure enough, after a few minutes, first, the Van Halen brothers come out, you know. Oh, my God, it's them right there. Just, you know, the car between us, you know. And uh, they get in, they drive off, and just go across the street. About five minutes later, here comes Michael Anthony and David Lee Roth. And I run up to, I literally run up to the, Roth got in first and slides over to the passenger side of the back. I run right up to the limo and like, Dave, you know, love you, Dave. I'm right at the window. Of course, security guard, you know, comes back, get back, sir, you know, and they go over. My friend Dave Blankenship, one of the best storytellers and exaggerators in the world, over the course of the next three years of high school, this story became Kevin leaped on the Van Halen limo. He was on the hood of the car. In the car. I love you. And the security had to drag him away. So, God love you. So, we get into the show. Of course, you know, we buy all the merch. Uh, bought a t-shirt. Uh, I, I wish I still had that t-shirt. I'm I'm going to put a picture up when I in post of uh, our hot model friend, Patty McCallum, actually modeling the exact T-shirt I bought. So people will enjoy that right about now. Ah, hot stuff, anyway. Van Halen was always about hot chicks, you know. And, of course, got the, 
got the program, which was also a poster. Yeah, see, I never saw him with Dave, man. I'm sorry. I, I never got to see him with Dave. Yep. I've recently watched the, there's a bootleg uh, Montreal 84 that's basically a full concert shot from uh, like the second level. Um, and I've watched that a few times since then. It's pretty much the set I saw. Now, the opening act that night, Todd, was autograph and nobody they weren't even signed yet no one had even heard of them you know i find out later that van halen always had shitty opening acts on purpose so that number one they would they would uh take bands Sound that weren't better. signed yet and didn't have any merch to sell so that they get all the merch money also nobody wanted to see those bands so they would be out buying the van halen merch while that band was playing roth called them t-shirt acts but uh so our seats were in the upper level and one of my Habits of concerts to this day started that very night. These seats suck. Let's go find some better seats. So we all moved down like the lower level, found some seats with a more straight on view of the stage. Show starts, man. They 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 open with uh with Unchained, which was my best friend's favorite song at the time. So we're like going crazy. Uh about halfway through the show, Dave Blankenship elbows me. He's like, look at that. And people were just leaping over the walls of the you know main level onto the floor and rushing the stage so this is where i learned the stage rush habit i just looked at dave and was like see ya <laughs> i leaped the wall joined the you know joined the pack wound up in like ah, about the third row i just remember standing on a chair while eddie van Halen was playing his guitar solo and i mean you know he was like 10 yards from me so Literally, you know, Ty, the, the words life-changing gets thrown around a lot, but that that fuck changed my life. I'm like, I want to be a fucking rock star, man. I was, you know, Eddie Van Halen, it was like seeing God, so uh, it was awesome. But uh, Hi, everybody. When was your first Van Halen concert? Uh, sadly, not until about 1986 with okay. Sammy Hagar. Okay, well, I saw you but I love Sammy Hagar, all right? I'm not busting balls on Sammy. I just, I I find that the Sammy, Hagy, Sammy Hagar years were just not as good. Well, but, it's it's a weird thing. I, here, I've got a ticket stuff from that same store. So that's from, nice. that's from my show in Philly. Oh, uh, speaking of buttons and pins, when I said we bought all the merch at the 84 tour, I actually used to have a really cool pin I bought then that was just the Van Halen logo. And I, I got to buy this in like a, a flea market or something someday. But, you know, it was just the flying VH pin. It looked really sweet. Well, I remember I had it on a ski vest one time when we went to a ski trip in high school. And at one point, I'm coming down the hill yelling at my buddy like, hey, man, I'll meet you over there behind the ski. Right then the, the cord for the uh, sky, for the lift totally that cuts me off man. Boom, 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 boom. I wind up with the thing and I remember I lost my little Van Halen pin in that see see how things stick with you I always remember I lost my Van Halen pin man really? I wanted to dig through the snow and find it but uh Sammy Hagar joining Van Halen was like 
the sum of two parts being not as good as either one of them were before, you know. Together. Well, all right. Here's the here's the way I here's the way I put it in the book, and I'll give you folks a little preview here. So, uh, you know, because I mean, I love Sammy Solo. You know, I was like, a yeah, huge I, again, I, I love Sammy Solo. I thought it was, a, you know, I mean, I was actually excited for him to be the singer of Van Halen. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's a great pick. All right, right, Sammy, right, exactly. You know? So. It's like you know, like I said, it, you know, it's 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 like when Tommy Shaw and Ted Nugent joined together and formed a band. This should be great, right? <laughs> Wrong. No, that sucked. <laughs> that was a really bad idea. Damn Yankees had some good songs, but it no, just they didn't. What are you <laughs> no, talking about? Didn't. You're nuts. They had they had they had some Can great you songs. Take me hide. All right, we're getting way off topic. Come here. again. Awesome song. You once convinced me you were Satan to that song, but uh, we just you know that's a whole nother that's matter. That's another story. We're talking about we're talking about Eddie. All right, poor Eddie. Uh, so all right, so after you know, let's face it. So they made more money with Sammy. Yep. First, they, first. It, First had number one album, every album they did with Sammy went number one. Uh, just huge, you know, huge sales of this album, which this is the tour I did not see them on. The one that was like, you know. But again, answer me this. When it comes to set lists, do you want to see, is it love? Or, do you know, or do you want to see ain't talking about love? So speaking of which, I mean, that's what pissed me off about Sammy the most is he didn't play a mix of the stuff. It's, you know, he played, when I saw him, they did. It was always the same two fucking songs. When I saw the love and. And you really got me. And then he sometimes added, uh, he sometimes added in Jump and Panama. But uh, when I saw them, it was uh, You Really Got Me, which is a cover, uh, Panama, and Ain't Talking About Love. Because I remember yeah. Sammy being up. He had the, he was one of the first guys with the little Garth Brooks microphone. And I just remember him being up in the rafters, uh, up on the catwalk, singing the line. And there I stood and looked down. And, you know, that was like a big, oh my God, Sammy's up. Looking down, wow. Oh, wow, this is so deep. <laughs> yeah, it's as deep as Sammy Hagar gets when it comes to his lyrics. But, uh, uh, the, did you see Monsters of Rock tour? I think we've talked about yes, this. Yes, and it, that was sad. It was I just know, as, by, by that time, was I was kind of losing. The 5150 tour. By that time, I was kind of losing. I was really losing it with Van Halen, you know. But, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I didn't even see the F-U-C-K tour. I didn't see the Gary Cherone tour, although those set lists were awesome. If you ever go seriously look up, you know, those set lists, I think you remember you had a pretty funny story about the live from the 10 spot uh, on MTV at one point on a what the hell is that? And I can tell by the look in your eyes through your shades, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. But uh, so maybe I have to di- I'll have to dig that up and put it on a uh, retro uh, retro episode of what the hell is that? It was pretty good. Uh, you, you had a pretty good take on it. But what I'm saying is, uh, the, the Van Halen were playing very good on that tour. If you watch, uh, if you watch bootlegs, and Sharon obviously was capable of you know doing the material, but that's the only time in Van Halen's history where you got really a pretty even mix of the Sammy years and the Dave years, and they were yeah. doing stuff like Mean Street and uh, uh, stuff off of uh, you know Women and Children First that they hadn't done. Well, that that final tour in 2012 granted you know I don't know how good Dave sounded at that point but I mean those set lists were great uh yeah. when I, you know, when, 
The last time I saw him was 2004 with Sammy. Mm -hmm. And uh, and to be honest, the only two good songs were like Unchained and Somebody Get Me a Doctor. And, <laughs> and, uh, and Michael and Michael sang that. Uh, actually, I would I wanted to tell that quick story, Todd, because that was one of the that was one of my first good haggles. You we and I went that together. Yes, you and I went to that show together. Look at the price on this ticket, eighty nine dollars. I know I didn't pay that. God, I didn't pay that. That was the first good haggle I ever really had with a scalper. I remember you and I. We went to a few different, uh, you know, a few different doors of the shot, and, and you know the guys weren't really biting. And the one guy wanted uh, forty a piece. I think he finally come down to about. I actually wanted fifty a piece, and we're like, no. And I, I think you were willing to go a little higher than me as usual. You know, I was being a little bit more of a cheapskate. So I think I was only willing to offer him twenty. You were willing to go 30, so we offered him 25 a piece. He's still like, no, you know, you know, give me 50 a piece. And we're like, yeah, sorry, dude. So I just remember walking away, Todd, and this guy chased us down and was like, all right, man, I, I don't want to eat these. He was like almost crying. So, <laughs> so my going to kill me, man. I spent too much money on eating tickets. He's going to beat my ass when I get home. $70. So Todd and I are sitting in these seats for $25 a piece and we're looking at the people around us going, these fuckers paid like $100 with service charges. Morons. These morons. <laughs> but we, we got lucky on that tour, Todd, because if you read, if you, if Van Halen friends, the Van Halen fans know this, uh, that tour was real hit or miss with Eddie's playing. Um, some nights you can go on uh, YouTube and see the, there's one where he's just like kick, dragging his freaking monitor and kicking it over and, and throwing his guitar and yelling at his roadies and shit. And then, and there's some nights where he's just so out of key or he's like literally playing a different song than the band is in Sammy's book. He tells us a great story. He said him on that, on that tour. If you see a lot of like the videos and promo shots, Eddie sometimes was wearing his hair up in this top knot, like a Gene Simmons, you know, or samurai kind of top knot. Right. And Sammy said him and Mike basically had this unspoken, code they would just like look at each other if this happened they said on the nights when eddie wore his hair down and looked like the old eddie van halen they're like fucking show's gonna be great yeah right, right on. they're like but if eddie walked on stage with a top knot said they would just look at each other like fuck here we go two hours of purell coming up you know <laughs> he's great he's wearing his bathrobe he hasn't showered in two days he's fucking still smells like you know fucking you know meth and i hate to speak ill of the dead but i gotta tell this story too sammy also says in that same book the moment where the moment where he finally had his final rift with uh with eddie and apparently they did men fences this year and we're keeping it a secret so that's cool but um but he said there was at one point on a on a plane flying from one gig to the other they're like he's like eddie was so drunk and pissed off over something he was taking his champagne bottle and trying to smash the windows out of the plane sammy said he got off and, and he had separate management from the band that that tells you you know things are great and he said he told his manager i'm never flying with that motherfucker again you know just and he said from that point on it was separate dressing room separate transportation they finished the tour and you know didn't speak again apparently uh till this year but uh, but we got lucky, Todd. Eddie was wearing his hair down, and uh, we actually got a good a good show. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and again, it's just sad because uh, you know he he you know was one of the greatest guitar players in the history of guitar playing. But goddamn, let's face it, man. Uh, you know, once Valerie dumped his ass, it just went downhill. Uh, you know. 
Well, you know, I know in our, I, I told you this recently, I was re-watching our uh, E! episode when it uh, played on um, YouTube, and you dubbed Eddie Van Halen in that episode. Of course, we had no idea the guy was going to die this year, but you dubbed him one of the biggest assholes in rock. But you know. I stand by that statement, folks. I'm sorry. Well, now, look, I, I feel, I almost feel bad about saying that because, you know, after the man's death and you hear all of these statements about what a wonderful. That's what I was just going to bring up. I was going to say after, I kind of felt the same way with you, as you did pretty much up until he died. And then I start hearing all these like super generous stories about him. I mean, Craig Gass. If you haven't heard Craig Gass's story about living at 5150 Studios, go look that up, people. That's fucking funny as hell. But uh, what a lucky motherfucker. <laughs> Have you heard that story, Todd? Yeah, yeah, he told me. Yeah. yeah. So, but, 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 yeah, so, so you know, look, I, I, you know, when I said that statement, I was basing it simply on information that I have read in Hit Parader and Circus Magazine mm-hmm. over the last 30 years. And never testi- met a man personally. And testimony. Friends or family. Right. Uh, this is just, you know, look. Hey, hey, face it. They, Eddie included, they treated Michael Anthony, and Eddie probably led it. They treated Michael Anthony like shit. So a lot of us super hardcore Van Halen fans have held that against them for all these years. I didn't even go see those two reunion tours. I remember talking you into seeing DBT one night in in Columbus instead of going to see Van Halen. Do you remember that? Right. Yeah, that was the night uh, you attempted to uh, barbecue for the drive-by truckers and a huge rainstorm hit and it just was a, a big flop of failure. And I think you were wishing you would have gone to Van Halen. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that was a good night. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I remember uh, grilling out for the truckers and uh, mm-hmm. we – I borrowed that 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 girl's porch uh, at the apartments across from the Newport. You know, Brad was like, Brad was like, "What are you doing, Todd?" I'm like, "I'm making you lunch. Just uh, give me in an hour or so. I'll, you know, be ready." Now, speaking of drive-by truckers, uh, they often do a great cover of "Ain't Talking About Love." I know yep. we've seen them uh, do it many times. Uh, Pearl Jam also play "Ain't Talking About Love" occasionally. Mike uh, uh, Mike McCready, big uh, Eddie Van Halen, uh, big Eddie Van Halen uh, worshiper. Um, I don't want to make this completely about Eddie simply because we're talking about Van Halen. It's all included in the tribute. Do you ever see any of the other members solo? We talked about Sammy in our, you know, H episode. I've seen Sammy solo twice. I've seen Dave solo twice. Okay, I tell saw me. both of them torn together. Right. And personally, I... the, the best Van, Van Halen show I ever saw was David Lee Roth in 2002. So, you know. Nice. I got a good Roth story. I saw him again. Um, I saw him solo uh, four times. I saw him originally on Eat em and Smile in uh, 87. Or, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, 87. Then saw him on uh, Skyscraper in 88. Isn't that kind of crazy? Two albums and two tours a year from each other? Never would happen today. Uh, and then I saw the Sam and Dave tour like you did. Uh, did you see that at Polaris? Did we see that tour? No, I saw that in Hershey. Okay, okay. Now, that's where I got the this, is, this is the raw story I want to tell. Um, he played the Al Rosa Villa. Okay. In 1999, yeah, story. Go ahead. Dave was Dave was you know a little down on his luck in his career, so doors opened at well, let's see here doors 7:30. Me and my friend, uh, bass player in my band at the time, Eric Keith, uh, we showed up right at 7:30. We're like we're gonna be up front, you know, on the stage, you know. So we show up at 7:30. 1 a.m. <laughs> 11 o'clock. 
rolls around. Uh, there was no opening act, so and apparently the uh, the uh, sound man only had one CD. It was the same uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Don't worry, what Be happened? <laughs> <laughs> I remember it, Todd. It was the Red Hot Chili Peppers greatest hit CD, which is called What Hits, and he just played it over. It's probably only forty minutes long, so we've probably heard it four times. You know, between seven thirty. And then at 11 o'clock, to make, to like add insult to injury, Rick Catella, the owner of the El Rosa, comes on the, uh, you know, the announce system and says, could someone please move their van, you know, from, you know, behind the, behind the club so that Mr. Roth could get his bus into the club. He wasn't even fucking there <laughs> up until 11 o'clock. So he comes on. I remember the show was very good. Uh, for some reason, he loaded his own PA. There was a whole new other PA set up in front of the Arosas PA, which was pretty kick-ass PA. Uh, and I just remember when it came time for the encore, he comes out. Well, you out, know, that that's the only reason Dave got the job in Van Halen was because he had a fucking Because he PA. owned the PA, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, great. If you've ever read Dave's uh, autobiography, which uh, rumor has it was ghostwritten by Henry Rollins, uh, that's freaking awesome. I remember rolling on the floor laughing at the stories of him uh, coming home after a gig and unloading that PA by himself. It's pretty you know, like funny visual. You know, I have to get it on his back and move it up. But anyway, so back to the Alrosa story. So, you know, he's not even, he's not even there till 11. He comes out, does a good set. Uh, he was, he was hanging on to the last of his hair at this point. You know, he still had the long hair, but he was really trying hard at the point. He looked like Riff Raff in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, but Todd, I remember from the encore, he comes out, First note, big keyboard swell. First note, a jump. Doot, doot, pop. PA just fucking blows up, man. The show's over. See ya. Good night. Thank you. <laughs> so anyway, if you're not, if you're gonna get cheated out of one Van Halen song, jump is no yeah. nothing. To, nothing to cry over. So. I could pass on that one. Right, but uh, so. I don't know, Todd. For me, Van Halen, just uh, one of the reasons I wore this is I had no Van Halen merchandise. Uh, this is not for Notre Dame, the college. This is Notre Dame football for my high school. You know, so Van Halen reminds me of high school. Uh, pretty much, you know, six, summer of being 16 years old, cruising the strip with some, some beers, doing some underage drinking. Trying to pick up some chips. Trying to, trying to get you. Trying to get a stinky pinky. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Just wishing we could be half as cool as Eddie Van Halen. Roth. Yeah, absolutely. So, for yeah. sure, for sure. Well, now, not to get political, Kevin, but all right. So now, you, I, I've shown, I show you the button right now. H have you seen the new Biden Harris? Ad? Yes, I have. With the logo. <laughs> I, I, I got to give him credit. That's pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. I, I, I will. I so, will. For, for those of you who have not seen it, it's a takeoff with a B and an H. Right. Biden Harris. And at the Biden. bottom it says running against the devil. So, yeah. <laughs> By the time you watch this episode, Biden Harris well, will either be our new president and vice president. Or, or I'm going to be dead. Or a footnote in history. No, you got to stick around the end of this show if we don't finish it before. Uh, the, the election is just a few days away. You, you got to hang with Two me. Two more episodes, Baker. You can do it. You got to hang with me, buddy. Oh, God. We, we, all, folks. we already have episode W in the can, so we can, talk, we can talk about that. Next week, we have a very special guest. We, we've, talked, we've talked 
through many episodes about whether or not we could get Colin Gow on the show. So far, he is not, uh, not, <laughs> he's not really, you know, been amenable to scheduling. But, but we did get a member of Watershed. We actually have a member of the band, one of the bands we're going to talk about next week, Todd, coming on the show. Do you yeah. want to, you want to tell the people who our guest is going to be? No, I don't. I'm not telling them nothing. No. All right. They, they, well, they know it's not Colin. They got to tune in. Yeah. And so if you know anything about the band, there's only one other guy and he's in South Carolina. So, uh. Could, could, could technically be up to three or four other guys. Yeah, Could maybe Poochie. maybe we got Poochie or Poochie. Rick Kinzinger, you know, you know, that's yeah. that would be our luck. We would probably uh, have... we got the keyboard player from 1992. <laughs> <laughs> I think he lasted about two shows. We got Andy Harrison from the one gig. He filling in on second guitar. I remember you in the crowd like you know, Andy, 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 get, get your own fucking band. Stage. I just remember you saying, "Get your own fucking band, Andy." <laughs> Shout out Andy Harris. We love him too. I know. All right. But, uh, all right. So uh, this is this has been our tribute to the late great Eddie Van Halen, who, like I said on my Facebook post the night he passed away, he did change my life uh, as much as he changed any guitar player's life. Maybe I didn't pick up the guitar and become a guitar, you know, wizard like a lot of guys did when they heard Eddie Van Halen. But like I said, it really. You know, it influenced a lot of people who then influenced us. So, you know, thank you, Eddie, for all that you did for rock and roll in general. And, uh, you know, and you you will be sorely missed. That's right. All right, Todd, we just got a few more. We've almost made it. All right. So who knows? We might still be able to get caught. We got a couple more letters left. We might be able to still get Colin on the show. Uh, We'll see what happens. Yep. Yeah. But 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 next week. Buckeyes football season has started, baby. So uh, we we got a lot to look forward to, and uh, and as Kevin mentioned, uh, by the time this airs, we'll have a new fucking president, hopefully, or or not, or our country <laughs> will be in flames. Yeah, one of the two. So uh, and uh, either way, we'll have something to talk about. Oh uh, yeah, we, we're coming back either way, folks. <laughs> right. In in the meantime, before before the United States burns. Uh, check out all our content online. Uh, you watch know. it now. Watch right. it now. <laughs> yeah, watch it now before you know they shut down all the uh, platforms of free speech. Um, because uh, you know the FBI is watching us carefully, Kevin. You know that. I know, I know. You know they got my number. <laughs> so, check us out on YouTube, of course, uh, every week on Sundays. Uh, as you're probably watching this now. Uh, but podcast comes out on Monday. Uh, Congratulations again to Kevin and Heather Montavon. Thank you very much. Uh, we got uh, lots more coming for you in in the near future. Uh, and thank you for watching Cheer and the skies but you were young and bold and-